And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Your day. Welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. The key is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Tuesday. We have one more day to February. So make sure you February correctly, Gary. How are you? Well, I may be a white man, but I ain't stupid. Oh, yeah? Yes. Biden <laughs> said that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> just, so, just so I'm not shocking people. Where, where's what? he going today? What, what the hell what? is that? What? <laughs> Biden what just said happened that. to the show about 30 seconds <laughs> in? I might be a white man, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh wow! Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the name of my first comedy special on HBO. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, here's the thing: um, <laughs> stupid isn't what we're calling you. Incompetent is, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Biden, and you are indeed incompetent, and it has nothing to do with the color of your skin. <laughs> exactly right <laughs> I, you know that's a great point the obsession with skin color yes once again and by the way that was at a black history month mm-hmm. gathering right yeah I, I, yeah just obsessed with the i'm telling you i mean i i can't imagine and and if you've ever heard the way that we discuss this mm. we don't say black leadership no, we say the liberal black liberal leadership black in this leadership. country. If you know, we there there's a reason that we do that, right? Because we do not believe that all blacks think alike. Right. Why? We're not racist, right? The only people that think that, which is exclusively mainstream on the Democratic side, mm-hmm. where they admit they practice identity politics. Yes. In fact, it's racist. They Go promote ahead. that it's working for them. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Stacey uh, Abrams said that. Yes. Yeah. Now, it, it clearly wasn't for her. What is she now, a senator? I Pres- Vice I president? Think, I'm not sure. I think sure she's she... the prime minister of Canada. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. <laughs> you know, it's... But over and over again, it's all it's, skin color. It's all skin color. All skin color. Skin color is what determines you, which, is, of course, which would be the objection to critical race theory. Right. Because all people, I'm going to change it. 
Mm. We need we need to focus on eye color instead. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Women with brown eyes are all crazy. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go with that, Don Lemon. <laughs> Women with blue eyes are never in their prime. That's right. <laughs> Don't get us started with women with green eyes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Men with blue eyes, fine human beings. Yeah. I had blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Kel- careful there. One guy tried that ages ago. <laughs> that didn't work out for Adolf. Blonde hair, blue eyes, that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, just be careful. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going yeah. with that one. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you added the blonde there, then then, yeah. it, made, then it made sense. <laughs> yeah. I so. mean, it's just, it's the dumbest, I mean, it's just the dumbest thing. The fact that, the fact that we're still, that the left is still obsessed with that in 2023. And I forgot who it was. It was, uh, oh, I can't remember. And it was a, uh, 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 it was uh, a conservative black speaker who said, unless you judge people, and it was something where he was supposed to get an award or something because, you know, uh, whether it was Black History Month or a black award or something like that, mm-hmm. he said, absolutely not. I will not accept it. We're mm. past that. I'm past it. Skin color doesn't matter. Mm. As long as we focus on skin color, racism will always exist. Right. Yeah. Unless you view, unless you do not go through, if, if you go through life viewing everybody as autonomous and a mystery when you meet them, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get. Why? You don't look at their skin color. Or their blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you judge them. You judge them, well, this is a unique concept, by the content of their character, and because we're in talk radio, the substance of their argument. Yeah, right. But, and and it was, ju- it was just, uh, it was uh, great. I, I probably saw it on YouTube is where I saw it. Hmm. Uh, here in the last uh, month, and it was like absolutely until we reject all of that, we will live in a racist society. Well, and and uh, and so you can't I, say that today. You know when you when you say I'm not going to do this because it 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 keeps everybody in racist mode. When you say I don't want to focus on skin color, immediately that is. Dissent for the left. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you you must you you must you. But then again, again, look, we as a society buy into a ton of lies every day, mm-hmm. and that's one of the biggest lies. The skin color matters, but the left has to have it. If if the if the left and we've talked about this many times before, if the left can't perpetuate that uh, people are victims, even beyond skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, it got to the point we saw, you know, Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, uh, did it in a masterful way. I mean, it was the only thing that really came out of of uh, uh, the Wall Street. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, the whole Wall Street. Occupy. Uh, Occupy Wall Street. The mm-hmm. only thing that came out of it was mm-hmm. you're, a, you're a victim if you went to college and the banks are to blame, not the colleges for promising you it. And 
as Bernie took out of that, that billionaires need to pay for your college because billionaires are evil. And so victims can victims come now uh, in, as we've said, in from the Democratic Party in in uh, in every shape, form, skin color, mm-hmm. uh, social economic situation. Mm-hmm. It's always skin color. Or excuse me, it's it's not always skin color. It's always something. Mm-hmm. And and we've talked about that's the problem with the Democratic Party, that as long as you continue to expand the number of victims, you expand the number of oppressors. Well, that's it. And and they believe that this was going to lead to a new civil rights movement. That's exactly what they want this entire thing to be, that they want this age to be just like the civil rights age. But they want to do away with the Civil Rights Act because, ladies, you can't have Title IX. Sorry, the men need that. And and I think what I think truly what has happened over the last couple of of, uh, of decades is society has become much less racist. If you look at society the way it was seventy years ago and compare it to now, right? It's a whole yeah. different ballgame right. with with uh, with with young people. So mm-hmm. I do think the left looked at that and said, "All right, we need to do something because people just don't." They don't think that way. They don't think that way. It's just not how they're brought up. You know, we have advanced as a society where we judge people and we judge our relationships by a number of factors, but the vast majority of them are not physical. Right. And and so, and I say the vast majority because you may have a friend and you may see a friend's overweight and you're concerned about their health, so you judge them physically by that. Mm. But whether we sit there and and how many human beings right now in the United States walk around and think that I am genetically superior to you because of a physical attribute or because of my DNA is an extremely, which which is getting to the true definition of racism is extremely small mm-hmm. people aren't that stupid right yeah you have to be and, pretty ignorant to to right. have that mindset and live in that mindset right. completely and fully so you have to get them early and mm-hmm. that's why they want the liberal transgender activist movement and critical race theory in very very extremely young minds yep that's why they want it they well, want because it to- then then they can create the the utopia that they've been dreaming of all along which isn't a utopia because it's never a utopia when you judge people by when, when you when you say again whether it's blonde hair and blue eyes mm-hmm. or critical race theory that this particular the uh, group of people because of their skin color will always be racist because the culture is has has been racist for such a long time where it's almost like being in their dna so we must structure society as if all whites are racist is asinine. Well, imagine a society if this were to play out the way the liberals wanted to play out. That two, three, four generations that we have a population, the majority in our society, walking around with people with white skin believing that they are racist in their mindset. And that's how they live. They can't change it. If if they were to get their way. Now, I don't believe it's ever going to happen. But imagine if it did. And that people of color would be walking around saying, I'm going to be oppressed all of my life. I'm going to be a victim all of my life. And there's nothing I can do about that. Imagine. Tell me how a society like that survives. 
Tell me how in the world, if people were to believe it, based on the way that they want it to be believed and enacted, tell me how that works in a society, what type of cooperation. It would be vastly different than where we are today. You go out, you step outside of social media today and go out into the real world and tell me how many actual encounters you have every single, you know, when you go out every day, encounter, you know, we live in a major metro area. It, it is as diverse as you can be. I don't encounter that. I don't encounter people looking at me like I'm an oppressor. I don't encounter people uh, looking at me like I'm a bad person, like, you know, they are prejudging me. I tend to get along with people. I treat them with respect until I've got a reason not to. And that's the vast majority of the population. Yep. And you and you think about it. Um, one one of the best I thought shows ever, ever, on the stupidity of of racism to begin with, which is why modern society and people don't buy into it, was the 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 Star Trek where the two aliens were fighting, mm. and you know they both had they were you know their face. Mm-hmm. You know, draw a line right down the center of it. it was black on one side and white on the other. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I can't remember if it was Captain Kirk or or whoever said, you know, why are you fighting? You know, because he's so different. What do you mean? You're black on one side and white on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, I'm black on the left side. Mm-hmm. He's black on the right side of the mm-hmm. face. Yeah, like, of the body. It's like, right. Oh, and I look on Spock. Hmm, that's not logical. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, I mean, that's and and again. But when you think about it, you have to brainwash because you can't convince adults of that. So you've got to brainwash kids. And I saw there's some polling out there showing that it's actually working with kids. Mm-hmm. That you well, that no, you I mean, that you, you the whole thing is to brainwash kids. You brainwash as young as you possibly can. Because adults aren't going to buy into it. And I think that you've seen that over the last really decade or so as society has advanced and we're not that way. It's like, well, then we've got to get to the young people to teach them that they're forever victims or they're forever oppressors. And we must that you're a racist and you're a victim. You're an oppressor. You're a racist because of your skin color. You're a victim because of your skin color. Right. The left. You know, and with the liberal transgender activist movement, you can be what other sex you whatever sex you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when Biden says things like that, I'm a white man, but I'm not stupid. You're going there. He is obsessed, obsessed with skin color. Yeah. And I do think that the I do think that the true racists that are left, if you're talking about white people that are racist, I believe it's liberals because I believe for for whatever reason they still, uh, and maybe it's because they practice identity politics in the Democratic Party and they judge people by groups. I think there is, if you want to find where white guilt exists, I think it's right in liberalism and the Democratic Party, which is why they respond the way that they do. Right. No, they live that. Yeah, they live that. So they they have. That was natural for Biden right. to say. If there's white guilt, it's in white liberals. Mm-hmm. That's where it exists. 
as we said before, when, you know, uh, systemic racism exists in our society. Well, absolutely it does. Systemic institutionalized racism exists. And it, does it exist in whites? Yeah, but not all. It exists in liberals. Yeah. They're the ones that perpetuate it on a consistent basis. Right. And that's why they act the way that they act. They know they're bigoted in their heart. They assume you are. Yep. They, they judge people by skin color. On the left, they assume you do. They have Just, to live in that. They have to live in that in order for their agenda to work. And they do. They buy into it. 86690-RED-EYE. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine tire inspections and pay special attention to any unusual wear patterns. Once unusual tread wear is visible on a tire, its traction and stopping distance is reduced and its lifespan will likely be shortened. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 of uh, 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 Red Eye. So I got to find that audio from him. I didn't, I yeah. saw the, the text. I haven't found the audio yet. Mm, Probably right. exists out there. I was looking. Mm. That's because I was trying to follow Kareem Sean repair. repair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are <laughs> she and Kirby going to double team now mm-hmm. every day? Uh, are they are they slowly bringing Kirby in? And I mean, as, that's they have been. Not yeah, they have, every yes. single day, but he's there a lot now. Yeah. You know. By the way, he also has the book. <laughs> he does, and I saw him turning pages yesterday, and I was like, okay, because I'm, I'm always uh, it, it's uh, probably. Nine out of ten times, I'm actually on when they announce, hey, White House briefing starts now. You can watch it here or whatever. And I'm like, it's always that, uh, you okay, know- fine, I'm up for a train wreck. And and then I'll I'll tune in. And yesterday, I noticed that he was turning the pages in the book. Well, you know, we had said uh, a while back, they need to put Kirby in there. Mm-hmm. But... Now, I look at Kirby and and, and I think of a stand-up comedian. Mm -hmm. Like when Kirby was in his element, you know, for example, talking Pentagon and stuff like that, not the day-to-day of what Biden was doing. Right. I went, okay, he's pretty competent. Right. But if your material is horrible. (laughs) Yeah. If what you have to work with. Right. Is 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 horrible i mm-hmm. look at him completely different mm-hmm. than i did 6 months months ago i go that was weak that was weak that was weak that was weak and it's amazing because i don't find him assertive anymore i find him because it's the only thing you can do if you're the spokesperson for biden is dodge 
Wouldn't it be weird? Dodge and deflect. Wouldn't it be weird if Corinne Jean-Pierre went over to the Pentagon and then, like, nailed it every day? <laughs> and All her right. problem is been right. trying to explain Biden this whole time. Uh, we, we need drug testing here for <laughs> Eric. Bring the drug test in here, please. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. <laughs> Good morning. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up here in a little bit uh, when we, uh, the White House, you know, dealing now with the uh, lab leak uh, theory. We'll get into that, the specifics of it. And just look over the 10 things that you were told over and over again that ended up being, not the 10, well, not 10, I just said 10. The, the things that you were told over and over again were true about COVID, that, yeah. it, that it wasn't true. Right. And if you brought up any of these, you were called a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. yet you were actually, you know, you were actually right. Or, again, it isn't, it isn't about even back then being right. It's bringing up the other possibilities when you're talking about a disease, especially early on. Well, it's this. Well, could it be that? Demonizing the curiosity of people. Well, that's any any question becomes dissent. If you have right, a question about right. something, then it's automatically right. misinformation. Just bringing it up. So we will uh, we will get uh, to that. Plus, uh, the uh, the Democrats out there that are uh, not happy that Biden is uh, is running in some of their suggestions. Mm. But I have to do this because this is something that we have we have just pounded on, uh, and I happen to just look at National Review. You probably, I'm, I know you subscribe too, so you mm-hmm. saw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim Garrity, what is the point of the view? 
which is funny because it's something we've been asking for yes. a long time. Right, and and it's like they they are such a bastion of misin of misinformation, of lies, mm-hmm. of of no critical thinking, of doing no research whatsoever. They're completely clueless, and as we have stated many many times before, the view actually perpetuates the the debunked and wrong uh, stereotyping of women as emotional nightmares with no critical thinking skills at all. Yeah, right. And (laughs) our latest webathon is about fighting the lies of the left. And it made me think of The View. (laughs) And he goes through, uh, you know, Joy Behar, you know, blaming the citizens of East Palestine last week, mm-hmm. where the actual audience went, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> they even yeah. <laughs> it says, every, so, every few weeks or so, the view breaks into a news cycle because one of the hosts has said something controversial. Perhaps what is most maddening to observers is how the controversy is driven by a host saying something that's factually wrong and not just slightly wrong. <laughs> Or an easily understandable off-the-cuff misstatement, but the bonkers misunderstanding of the basic facts of the topic under discussion. And goes talks about gives all the different examples: Whoopi and uh, the uh, the Holocaust, uh, not about uh, uh, race, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just uh, you know everything that. And the vast majority, by the way, is like Goldberg, Behar, Goldberg. <laughs> Yeah, but then they got right. Sonny Hostin too talking about you know, and we mentioned this South Carolina Nikki Haley using Nikki as her first name and hiding her Indian heritage because mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. and again completely you know completely wrong. And then, and then recently Goldberg speculated about the classified documents found in the homes and offices of President Biden may have been declassified by Biden while he was vice president, and everybody called her on that immediately. There's no evidence that is the case, and Biden and his lawyers have not even made that argument. The View is a show about current events hosted by several celebrities who don't know much about current events (laughs) (laughs) and who adamantly refuse to learn anything new about current events. (laughs) No, there's the thing, because as I was reading this yesterday, I, I thought to myself, I thought, all right, there... Because it, it, it here's the problem when things like this post as I'm right as I'm trying to go to sleep, it really makes it difficult. So, Mr. Garrity and pretty much everybody else, please post it earlier in the day. <laughs> but, so, I'm sitting there because I thought to myself, you know, one of the things about doing this is that if you're you know if you're going to issue opinion you want it to be based on something well we want it to be based on something i'm not sure at the view if they want it to be based on anything but that's the whole the title the view means their perspective their opinion their view of things and they keep stepping in it they they are told that they stepped in it, they are corrected because they stepped in it, and then they turn around and step in it again. again. 
and again and again and this has been going on for years and i thought to myself you know it's just you know it's like one of the like the corinne jean pierre thought that i had you know what if there's this alternate universe where they're just like okay look well let's just go out and pretend to be you know pretend to be clueless and mindless about everything and just say things to keep people tuning in because i i now believe that the appeal for a lot of people that watch that show is the train wreck they're waiting for something like that to happen i'd love to see the numbers i'd love to see the breakdown of of people and why they watch the view because it's not because you care about Joy Behar and her opinion or Whoopi and her opinion. It might be because they have a specific guest on that day. But I truly believe that a number of people that, that watch that show on a regular basis do it because of the train wreck. And, and it is and a train wreck. And, and specifically, you know, that that's the latest controversy from Joy Behar about the train about wreck. About the actual it was train, a train wreck. Re- it was a train wreck about the train wreck. Right. Think, now, that's unique. Yeah. I mean, that's actually that going... Only they could that, pull that, it off. That's going above and beyond. Right. It was a train wreck about a train wreck. No, I mean, that's it. <laughs> and it keeps getting worse. Someone made that comparison with Pete Buttigieg, too. His train wreck of a response... And I thought, no, that's mm-hmm. that applies. Uh, and just a couple of here goes. Just, I just want to read a couple more sentences here because it's hilarious. It, mm-hmm. it, it's entertaining. It makes me laugh. That's why I want to read it. Mm-hmm. The View is a show about current events hosted by several celebrities who don't know much about current events and who adamantly refuse to learn anything new about current events. It is not the strong progressive views of several of the hosts that make the show unwatchable. It is that they often seem to have no idea what they're talking about and for some reason seem to hate doing any homework on the topics they've been discussing. We live in a political culture that is a constant state of alert for the threat of disinformation, often in the form of something uh, claimed in a forwarded email from Uncle Leo or Facebook post from Aunt Edna contending that Joe Biden has agreed to sell the state of Nebraska to the Chinese because they're going to help Bill Gates with his microchip vaccine conspiracy or something similar to that. But every weekday afternoon, five celebrities get around the table and often blurt out things that are every bit as misinformative and disinformative as anything that you've ever seen on social media. And in the case of Behar's comments about East Palestine, the view often showcases a poorly hidden, sneering contempt for Americans who vote differently, even when they've just had a great chemical disaster force them from their homes. Mm. Well, I have no idea how the people of East Palestine vote. I don't know if the majority of them are Democrat I, or, I, or, or I didn't or, make any assumption uh, one way you know, or the other, or, or you know, uh, or, or not exactly. But the fact that they're sneering, I think it's even more than politics. I think they just, yeah. I just think they, you know, the, Bernard Goldberg said it in bias that they live in their own ivory towers. Yeah. And they only talk no, they to do. people who think like they do. And they don't think they're right or left. Right. They don't think they're right or left. They, what they believe is we're just right and everybody else is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think the most incredible thing about this, and it's one thing that we, you know, identified early on, and that's when the view had to start apologizing within the show. They'd get a statement. You know, uh, it. You know, they'd say something 
they take a commercial break and then have to read a statement. Mm-hmm. And you and I went, oh, my God, the, now these are lawyers really on retainer. I go, are they sitting right there? Are they sitting in some office somewhere and then sending it? I mean, how does this work where you say something that is so wrong? I've never heard of a show ever that actually has lawyers monitoring in real time what is going on, and they are so fearful of possible defamation or of the host saying something incredibly wrong and stupid that they actually have lawyers in real time monitoring in order to give them a statement that when they come back from the commercial break, they have to correct. Right. But I will say one thing. Hmm. I do believe that it is a microcosm of liberalism today. The view is. Yeah, I think so. The insanity that we deal with all the time. Right. We talk about well, I mean, all the time. Because, you know, my, my comments a minute ago, what does that tell you? They don't care about the truth. You know, years ago, uh, there was an article about how um, shows like Good Morning America and the Today Show, how the, the anchors, the hosts, uh, how they, what their day is like, right? They are delivered their material for tomorrow's interview, whoever it's going to be, the afternoon before. It's delivered to their house. Their staff has it delivered to their home. They sit there. They do the research. They do the the prep for whatever interview it's going to be. Now, that's the way it was back then. I have no idea if that still exists today. But that practice is there so that when you go to do the interview, you have an idea as to what they're going to say, as to what the interview subject is going to say. When you come in in the morning, then your staff is is briefing you on all the stories that broke overnight or in the evening, whatever, uh, and getting you caught up on the latest details. Here, it's as if they walk in, they come in out of the makeup room and sit down on the set and then just start talking about things aimlessly. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Right. Because otherwise, because I don't think... They're morons. I think they say stupid things. I think they're capable of learning things. I just don't know why they don't. I don't know why you wouldn't pull something and say, okay, get me, you know, get me the um, the rundown on uh, what so-and-so actually said. Get me the quote. Give me the background and the, and the bio of so-and-so because... I suspect something and I have an opinion about it. And I'm going to see if I'm right about that opinion. I have a question about, you know, who they actually are as a person, whatever. Give me the facts. Give me a brief rundown so I can have things right in front of me. And I'm going to base my opinion. I'm going to issue my opinion based on either what I learned or what I already know. They don't have any intention of learning it. No, they don't. And I don't know why. And they don't care to learn. They don't care to learn. Garrity made that point. They don't really care to learn what's going on. They don't care what the truth is. All they care is we have, 
you know, you look at Behar and Whoopi, I mean, they you, you can tell there's an anger mm-hmm. that exists on there from the other side. And oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't believe actually they can a lot of times identify where their anger even comes from. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. I, I don't, I, I think it it is simply because they assign the label, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody is on Republican, the right. right? they are, then they automatically fit this boom, boom, boom. And you go in for the kill. And you've got no facts in front of you, and you don't care to get them. 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. 90 uh, Red Eye. All right. Uh, the lab leak theory. We'll get to that coming up. And and, and the response from the White House uh, on it yesterday. I just love Kirby. There's there's no consensus. There's a, there's no consensus. It's not the point whether there's a consensus. Right. The, uh, the, the point is you uh you you demonized and you called and and uh you know you go back to the Collins Fauci email where Collins you know responded you know conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. and the thing is and and it's funny that uh now the left is looking at well Dr Fauci said it was always a possibility no he stated that starting last July and then said it again in November but right. he wasn't saying that in 2020 and 2021 right. nobody was on the left in fact, what they were doing is they were promoting the fact that it was a conspiracy theorist, it was disinformation, and you were getting people killed by doing right by by saying these things. So right. we'll get to all that coming up. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HowlProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, 86690-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you want. Right from your smartphone. Uh, All right. So, uh, interesting day uh, Mm. yesterday. Was it not? It was. (laughs) Uh, I want to play some... uh, audio from uh Corinne uh, Jean repair, repair. <laughs> in case you're wondering I made that mistake yesterday I don't know what I was instead of calling her Corinne Jean Pierre I said Corinne Jean repair mm-hmm. and uh, so a lot of people picked up on that but uh, it's stuck it's stuck yes <laughs> uh but this is uh, Jackie Heinrich from Fox News mm-hmm. Uh, asking the question about, as we have stated, I still don't know what the absolute truth is on it. The biggest thing here was that the government, through the bureaucracy of the government medical staff, 
let it be known that anything except the line that it had to come from nature was wrong and should be banned. Yeah. That asking the question itself, you were immediately demonized as a conspiracy theorist, a racist, or as Jonathan Turley put it yesterday, a racist conspiracy theorist. Right. For asking a question, am I, like John Stewart, am I stupid, but you're telling me that where we deal, where where the Chinese actually deal and the, Amer- the United States has put money into the lab where they actually deal with coronaviruses and the wet market's just a few miles away? And we're not supposed to ask the question as to whether it came from there. Asking the question in itself uh, was viewed as being a conspiracy theory, racist, un-American, mm-hmm. you name it. And that's the line that she goes on. This this is a couple of minutes, but I want to play this all and you're going to have to put up with Kareem John. Uh, uh, repair. Repair. I mean, that's the first thing. Kareem Jean-Pierre. <laughs> talk, uh, talk, ignoring the question. Yeah. And yeah. and when she when she asked the question about Fauci and Collins in the email, you know, talking about the conspiracy theory uh, of it, and she quotes what was in the actual email and what Fauci has said and said, should we be more careful next time? And she goes in, Green John Pierre goes into, well, let's talk about the attacks on Fauci. Yeah, but the attacks were justified. Right. This attack was justified. Right. There may be some attacks, and I don't know what she was referring to. Mm. Maybe there were some attacks that were not justified. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it was, he's given his whole life. To, I, I don't care. Right. I care whether he was accurate or not. Right. And here's the back and forth. Here we go. Um, just one more on the, the lab leak news from the Department of Energy. With all of this information coming out, and obviously the president had ordered a multi-agency effort um, that included the Department of Energy to try to you know, get at the origins question. But looking, you know, with hindsight 2020, and now these conclusions coming out from parts of this administration, was it prudent to have at the time some administration officials voicing support for one origins theory over another like Dr. Fauci did at a couple in a couple instances he said you know, my belief is that it's most likely uh, natural transmission um, Dr. Collins at one point sent an email to Dr. Fauci that was discussing um, the lab leak theory as a, a conspiracy theory so given where we're at now looking backward and with respect to how we talk about these things, if it ever happens in the future, is it is it prudent to have members within the administration voicing support for one theory over another if there isn't a consensus of that? So I, I do want to speak to Dr. Fauci because uh, the political attacks on someone like Dr. Fauci who... Uh, and public officials more broadly, but Dr. Fauci, who has spent his career saving lives, uh, and, um, you know, whether it was the AIDS epidemic or, as we have just uh, 
coming out of this uh, uh, COVID, this once-in-a-generation pandemic, uh, these attacks have been counterproductive. They have not been helpful. Uh, this is someone, again, who has spent his almost entire career uh, fighting for the well-being, the health of the American people. And so I just want to call out the political attacks. I think, again, it's not been helpful. Dr. Fauci himself has said he agrees with the president uh, that we needed to get to the bottom of this, to get to the bottom of where COVID originated. And that's what the president did from almost the, certainly the first few months of his administration. Wow. And we have been grateful. Again, we have been grateful to Dr. Fauci's wisdom. We've been grateful to Dr. Fauci's advice during the COVID response. And uh, we have been very, very clear here. We need, we need, we need to know more. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of how uh, how uh, how uh, COVID-19 originated, and so that is why. Again, that is why the president directed his uh, his IC and his intelligence com 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 community uh, to get to the bottom of this. And so I'll leave it there. More broadly than Dr. Fauci, though, I guess what I'm getting at is there was not so long ago a point where anyone asking the question of whether a lab leak was a credible theory that should be looked into. You know, a lot of those people were derided as, as fringe, you know, conspiracy theorists. So are there lessons learned, you know, looking back about how we discuss um, theories when we don't have all of the answers? So what, here's what I can tell you is the president's commitment to getting to the bottom of this, right? Okay, and she doesn't answer the question. Is that the first time ever that the White House has officially said we need to get to the bottom, we need to get and find out and get to the bottom of this and find out where this originated from? Is that the first time that the White House has said that with that insistence that there is a, a, a doubt now that it was not natural? I'd have to go back to, to the go back uh, check, 2021 yeah. report that the president uh, then commissioned and it was, you know, he said, I want the report back in 90 days and the results of that report was basically, well, we may never find out. And it went nowhere. I don't know of the words that Biden used in announcing, uh, as he commissioned that, you know, that, uh, that research that basically yielded that report. Now, here's what we do know is that they haven't been loud about it in the way that you need to get China's attention. Right. Because this is what it comes down to. It doesn't matter what you believe. This lays at China's feet. The question then is, how much responsibility do we have in it if taxpayer dollars were, were going in and funding in this lab the manipulation of this virus. And those are the things that I think nobody in the White House wants to answer on that uh, on the second part of it. But on China, it gets back to the question of whether the president is compromised. But what needs to happen is we absolutely need to tell China, we want answers. Plain and simple. We want access and we want answers. And I haven't heard that yet. 
Well, uh, you have the U.S. ambassador, though, yesterday, and this I'm asking, is this the first time you've heard this? China needs to be more honest from this administration. Mm. That's the U.S. ambassador mm-hmm. yesterday to mm-hmm. China. Yeah. I mean, that's where they seem to be edging toward, right? Yep. Um, they need to be more forthcoming. Look, we all know how it works with China. We all know that the information is is going to be controlled, and we're likely not going to get the whole truth. So what do you what do you hope to get to? You hope to get to access, and how do you get that access? You're going to have to have, I think, international cooperation to put the pressure on China to say, as a global community, we're going to get answers. And if not, you can expect sanctions. We simply want an honest and thorough investigation as to how this went down. The American people deserve answers, but the rest of the world deserves answers, too. We we see the 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 uh, mainstream media jumping. Well, you know, he said he has an open mind that started last summer. Mm. And then he said it again in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a May 2020 interview published in the National Geographic. And remember, Tom Cotton back in February of 2020. Yeah. Uh, you know, asked the question, wait a minute, could, you know, the lab is right there. Could it possibly come from the lab? And he was viewed that was racist. It was that, remember that time, if you said China virus, mm-hmm. as, you know, the Trump was saying, that was considered racist. Right. At that particular point. But a May 2020 interview published uh, in National Geographic displays Fauci's initial resistance to accepting a lab leak theory as legitimate part of the discussion on the origins of the Chinese coronavirus pandemic. The report resurfaces as President Biden's Energy Department admits that a lab leak likely caused the pandemic. Uh, And here it is, quote, uh, Anthony Fauci has become the scientific face. Remember, this is May of 2020, Mm -hmm. has become the scientific face of America's COVID-19 response. And he says the best evidence shows the virus behind the pandemic was not made in a lab in China. The article began explaining that the former uh, coronavirus official, quote, shot down the discussion, end of quote. Mm. The lab leak theory, quote, that uh, has been raging among politicians and pundits, calling it a circular argument, end of quote. Mm. If you look, quote, if you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there, The scientific evidence is very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates the virus evolved in nature and jumped species. Fauci told the magazine, which emphasized that Fauci, Fauci, quote, doesn't entertain an alternate theory Hmm. that someone found the coronavirus in the wild brought it to the lab, and then it was, then it accidentally escaped. The resurfaced interview comes as Biden's energy admits uh, that uh, the uh, virus likely originated from the lab that came from the energy department. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you have, you have on uh, Monday's broadcast, uh, Fox News Channel, the story, former CDC director, Robert Redfield argued that comparisons between COVID viruses and SARS and MERS made by the former NIH director, Dr. Francis Collins, and 
former White House chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, in their arguments against the lab leak theory are misleading and COVID is nothing like SARS or MERS. Hmm. Redfield said, uh, scientifically, I think the argument that Fauci and Collins and others have made that this was from nature because it was like SARS and MERS is misleading because both SARS and MERS, when they came from a bat into an immediate host and then into man, never learned how to go man to man. In the first epidemic of SARS and MERS, it was less than 1,000 cases. As we sit here today, 18 years later, it's less than 10,000 cases. COVID came into uh, came from man and immediately was enormously transmissible, which in my view meant it was uh, uh, it was uh, educated in a laboratory uh, how to infect human tissue. Hmm. And so uh, I think it's very upsetting to me hmm. that they continue on that narrative. And so, again, that's somebody who's a former head of the CDC also. Yeah. So that's medical doctors disagreeing uh, on that. I don't care. Look, it's all great. I, I, you know, uh, anybody who goes into the medical profession, uh, they do great work. But when you become, and this is the important thing, was Dr. Fauci still a doc, talking as a doctor or talking as a government bureaucrat? And what was his intention at any time that he was talking? Was he trying to manipulate behavior? Uh, was he trying to... Uh, it, you know, it, because we do know that he basically admitted to doing that. So what are you, what are you trying Mimicking to behavior do? in the virus? You mean? It, no, I mean, in, in people, in, in, people. Oh, in, yes, yes, in how that. Yes, they yes, acted, yes, he yes, wanted okay. them to act in a certain mode. So he said certain things. Well, and he admitted that and he admitted that. And as soon as you do that, you're no longer a doctor. Well, you're a, and, it, and you're no longer credible. Because I don't know what your motivation is when you're saying anything now. And at that point, I need to talk to somebody else. You know, uh, look, God bless Rand Paul for doing what he did. There was a lot that we found out. But at some point, you get to the end of what you're going to learn from Fauci. Because he's not, you can't trust that he's going to be honest with you. Because he set that premise of behaving that way. And he admitted it. And he admitted it. Right. We know that. And so, you know, those are the things. And and this is why a thorough investigation must be done. Look, if we had a medical version of the NTSB, I'd say put them in charge. Yeah, we don't. We don't. 86690-RED-EYE. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. 
Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE, uh, if you would like to get in. I'm just going through the New York Post here. Just all the different misinformation. Mm. Nat, you know, natural immunity offers little protection compared to vaccinated immunity. Mm. We know that's false now. Mm-hmm. And the Lancet, the medical journal, finally admitted that after taking the opposite opinion for such a long time. Masks prevent COVID transmission. Not true. School closures reduce COVID transmission. Not true. Heart inflammation from the vaccine is less common than from the infection. Not with young people, no. Uh, Young people benefit from the vaccine booster. No, older Americans did. Young people did not. Mm. Uh, You know, uh, vaccine mandates increased vaccination rates. Not true. COVID originating from the Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory. Not true. Uh, it was important to get a second vaccine dose three to four weeks after the first dose. Nope. Now the data says three to four months after should have been the amount of time Which, that you did it. Early on, there was a story that said there were people that weren't getting their, you know, their follow-up three to four weeks later. And it said that there was, they started looking at them and they realized the longer they were waiting the more immunity they were building, yep. the more time they put between those two shots. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like... On your smart speaker, say... Play Red Eye Radio, and if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. By the way, this is uh, from the New York Post, what I was reading before. Mm. Uh, Marty Macquery, the uh, professor at John Hopkins University School of Medicine and author of The Price We Pay. The other uh, last one was one in five people get long COVID. We've heard that. It was a CDC... Uh, uh, claims that uh, 20% of COVID infections can result in long COVID. But a UK study found only 3% of COVID patients had residual symptoms lasting 12 weeks. What explains the disparity? It's often normal to experience a mild fatigue or weakness for weeks after being sick and inactive and not eating well. Uh, calling these cases long COVID is the medicalization of ordinary life. What's most amazing about all the misinformation conveyed by the CDC and public health officials is that there have been no apologies for holding on to their recommendations for so long 
after the data became apparent that they were dead wrong. Public health officials said you must when you, uh, you when the correct answer should have been, we're not sure. Early on, in the absence of good data, uh, public health officials chose the path of stern paternalism. Today, they're in denial of a mountain of strong studies showing that they were wrong. At minimum, the CDC should come clean and the FDA should add a warning label to COVID vaccines, clearly stating what is known now. Hmm. A mea culpa by those who led us astray would be the first step in rebuilding uh, trust. And again, that's a medical opinion. Yeah. You know, right. that's not a political opinion. Mm-hmm. And and so as you know what and we had mentioned earlier what Fauci had said uh, in that uh, in, in the one early article in May of, uh, of, of 2020 uh, about um, uh, the uh, the lab leak theory. He didn't know. Right. He didn't know. And the second thing was the word games he played on gain of function with uh with uh that immediately yeah with Rand Paul yeah with Rand Paul you right. immediately made us look and go what in the world's going on well here? then you're starting to play a game yes and and that's but because because he knew what the basis was of the question the basis of the question is was there manipulation of this virus intentional manipulation of the virus and uh, to to make it stronger uh, to enhance it or change it in any way as a matter of research. And he knew that. And so you could say, well, technically gain of function is this, but this did happen and these are the things that did happen. Now, here's the problem. Do I expect that Anthony Fauci or anyone else in that setting is going to throw themselves under the bus with an answer no, I don't, which is why, you know, again, all due respect to Senator Rand Paul, and I think he did a great job, and, and it, it warranted having Fauci up there repeatedly. But at some point, you reach the end of your yield in terms of what you're going to get out of a Fauci because of the position uh, that he's in and the fact that, you know, the, uh, the, the fingers point to behavior, again, by him, that needs that warrants more investigation. So at that point, look, um, the American people, you and I have said all along, you know, why in May of 2020 would he, you know, basically he's, he's, why would, here's a question. <laughs> here's how it should be posed. Why would anybody in the medical field that early on be dismissive of anything to any level? You don't have to confirm things. You don't even have to say what you suspect. You can say that here are the, here's a list of the possibilities. But when someone in the medical field, and these are the things to go back to what uh, we heard Jean-Pierre say just a moment ago uh, on that audio cut, you know, here's a guy who spent decades saving lives. Okay, great. You're right. He's a doctor. And his experience as such tells me he should be saying things like, I'm not going to rule out anything and I'm not going to confirm anything because at this point we don't know. All of it warrants being put up on the board for further investigation. 
Well, it, it, it let's. Well, I'll take something that the left can agree with. Uh, if a police officer has a stellar career and then lies about something, should you ignore that lie because the police officer has had such a great career? Right. No, it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous to to say that you're judged by what you're doing, what what you're doing now, and the fact is they're attempting to make it uh, where he is only a doctor. He's not only a doc. He wasn't only a doctor. He became a bureaucrat, and that's, and, and, that's and he admitted that he did. He wasn't honest with the masks up front because they wanted certain behavior, uh, you know, from the the population. They were trying to drive the yes. population to a particular behavior. Now, and he, he started when, to sound like Comey at times, right? You know, we said, look, Comey is not talking like an investigator; he's talking like a bureaucrat, right? And so, when you look at these things, are just natural immunity. When you talk about that, if you brought it up. They wanted you censored. Masks, if you question that, they wanted you censored. Uh, school closures. To me, that's to me, that's one of the things that if you look at it from the very beginning, that's the one that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. The way that the CDC didn't come out against the teachers unions and say, look, we're not going to close schools. This does not affect young people like it does. But they were so insistent, in my opinion, so insistent of controlling the behavior of the masses where they said, no, everybody's got to be treated the same. It doesn't matter because if we allow kids not to do this, then the adults won't do it. Right. And so what they were doing is they weren't, you know, even though we knew what the truth was, they were pushing policies that didn't make any sense. Right. Uh, when you talk about the uh, heart inflammations, you know, there, and if you started talking about that, well, they wanted you, they wanted you censored. Uh, if you talked about young people, the difference between young people and old people and that and and how it affects them and how that should drive public policy they didn't want to hear uh you know any of that and then we get to the uh Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory so you look at all these major points about something that shut down this nation that that when you look at the excess deaths what are we talking now are we moving on 300,000 excess deaths that that happen and we couldn't have stopped the transmission, how we changed people's lives, how we changed the uh, economy, how you can look at the, uh, uh, again, the inflation that we're seeing today and the overspending that was done uh, uh, because, okay, we can take this and we can spend a ton of monies for all these liberal priorities, which help create the inflation that we see today, which is affecting people every single day. And so you look at all these and then the, 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 the school kids and what they had to go through and how when you look at whether it is, uh, uh, you know, Chicago and that came out about the number of schools, mm. even though the it's not necessarily just COVID there. But part of it is part of how kids, you know, have been educated over the last three years. Their, you know, years have been destroyed in kids' educations and they don't know how that's going to work out. What cancer deaths will be like because people didn't go and get their checkups what you know heart conditions will be because people didn't get their 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 checkups when you look at 250 to 300,000 excess deaths so far these are absolutely serious things and then you get to the fact of uh, CDC says a million a 1.13 million people in the United States citizens of the United States died because of COVID, and until yesterday, there was really no concern from the federal government to hold China accountable. 
and say, you need to let us in. We need to figure out where this came from. Right. And if you brought it up, you need to be censored. You're a racist. You're a conspiracy theorist. And the government and the media backed it all up. Well, I don't care whether you're a doctor or not. I don't give a damn. All I care is about all I care about is you were giving wrong information. You were making an assumption to control people's behavior. You admitted you were doing it. Yep. That was wrong and you were playing games with game of game uh, gain of function research. You were playing you know word games with Rand Paul on that and the American public on that. Did the United States put in taxpayer money to the Wuhan lab to help evolve viruses into something else? Yes, we did. Yeah. We know we did. Yep. Whether that specifically caused COVID, we don't know that yet, but we know the money went into it. And now we're being told all the movement has been that it's a lab leak theory, which means research was going on. We were putting money into that research, whether the exact tax dollar went for that experiment, if if that's exactly what happened, whether that our American tax dollars went into that and was the the uh, you know finance that particular study hmm. that the intelligence because it's still classified that the intelligence people believe caused it, we don't know. But the mo- American money helped support the lab, and Dr. Fauci was not honest about that. Well, you know, you look at all of that back and forth and the manipulation of the behavior of a society and, and school children, uh, the spike in, in suicide rate for adolescent girls. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and all of these things, and you have to ask these questions. What led to what? Because it stands to reason that when you shout that it's a zombie apocalypse and that uh, that it's extremely dangerous, that it's so dangerous, we're going to change the setting, the school setting. We're going to change everything about it. And then, because kids aren't stupid, they pick up on things. When you tell them that, and then you demonstrate that through policy, they're looking for that effect. What happened when you did that? Well, uh, did did we change anything? No, it seems to be getting worse. It seems that your policy, all the things you changed, didn't do anything. It seems like nobody's in charge. And that, I know for any adolescent male or female, uh, for children, that is going to be unsettling. But you cannot deny what's going on right now with a number of things and and its relation to COVID. All of this has to be, I think, researched to no end to prevent any of this from happening. Everything from the lab leak to how policy changed on the fly. It changed behavior in election time. It changed Kids going to school, not going to school, going to school, not going to school, working, not working. And now we have a very different mindset when it comes to working inside of a building. I'm not going back to a building. You don't 
if you're saying that that doesn't warrant looking into, then you clearly don't care. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio at Shell Rotella. What matters is inside. Eric and Gary for the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. It uses proven oxy technology, quickly destroys odors. You'll love it. I love it. In fact, with over 265,000 already sold and countless five-star reviews. I Probably this uh, bears repeating for the rest of our lives because it really is unprecedented. When you look at you know everything that we just mentioned in COVID, that the government wanted censored, that you were demonized. Think about this. In science, you're asking questions about a virus because things don't seem to make sense right. or you're not being presented with the evidence, whether it's a lab leak theory or or masks or, uh, uh, you know, the uh, natural immunity, just all those things. And then you take everything else. You take the... Um, you know the the you can see the government manipulation of the lies, the liberal manipulation of the lies. For example, you think of the you know Russia collusion with Trump, which we know today by the Democrat standard, the Hillary Clinton campaign was the one that colluded with the Russians to set up Trump. Mm-hmm. You know when you when you look at uh, when when you look at that, when you look at uh, uh, COVID, when you look at everything that they the Hunter Biden laptop story. That leads to possible influence peddling. Well, influence peddling of the of the the Biden family. It's just the question is if laws were broken or not in it that they wanted kept quiet and understand what has happened. And it's not just on one topic; it's topic after topic after topic, and then it gets into the science of medicine. And you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. I'm going to ask the question. You're a racist conspiracy theorist. Right. And there's a reason they did that. What was the reason? I'm not sure of the reason. Mm-hmm. But why did they immediately, when you said, well, wait a minute, there's a lab right there within a couple of miles, and immediately you're a racist conspiracy theorist. Not only a conspiracy theorist, they had to throw in the their old standby, you're a racist conspiracy theorist. Right. Why were they so quick to demonize on that when nobody knew at that time? And nobody knows at this time, really. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you want. All right, let's. We got an audio cut. We got to play here. Okay. Start out uh, this uh, hour with the uh, with uh, Biden uh, yesterday with uh, this comment. No real power when I see it. The divine nine. <laughs> 
honored to have presidents, all the presidents here tonight. And I want to thank him. For the, and by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> he was celebrating Black History Month. Yeah. So I know about I, identity, I guess. All right. People That's trying to figure out what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Are you. Are you saying other white guys are stupid? Hmm. I don't know. I just, <laughs> just, just, just another one of those days where it's like, whatever. Yeah. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, you know the thing. Yeah. Why are we trying to parse and, and, and dissect the words of a man who shoots down weather balloons? That was still, good point. That was still the greatest question for Martha Raddatz. I mean, that was that was just that was fantastic. Have you guys changed anything? Yeah. You know, in other words, are the weather balloons in the air right now safe? Is it safe to have a children's birthday party on the weekend? We, we were we were shooting down weather balloons and uh, uh, hobby balloon hobbyists. Yeah balloons mm-hmm. um did we make a change in the radar or something because we're not shooting anything down anymore no we yeah. made no change in the radar yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was just that was just amazing it really is it, it's um <laughs> it's laughter it's confusion. <laughs> it's confusion. <laughs> but it's mostly confusion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what that comment means. All right, so what's the left saying? Uh, you had Atlantic's uh, Mark uh, Leibovich write uh, Monday mm-hmm. uh, about uh, Joe Biden's likely bid for re-election in 2024. Mm-hmm. He's a staff writer for that far-left magazine and former correspondent with the New York Times Magazine contended a prominent Democrat should launch a 2024 primary challenge to Biden Mm. that would, quote, anger a bunch of Democrats inside the various power structures of D.C. Starting with the biggest one of all, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, end of quote. Mm. Quote again, somebody should make a refreshing nuisance of themselves and invoke the voters in this decision, he argued, There would be immediate blowback from donors, the Democratic National Committee, and other party institutions, but do it anyway. While dismissing Marianne Williamson's campaign. (laughs) Leibovich's list of those on the Democrats' deep bench uh, include AOC, Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom, and Governor Whitmer, mm-hmm. someone who would be unfailingly gracious to Biden and reverential of his career, even while trying to end it. Hmm. He wrote that the potential challenger would receive a ton of press coverage by the establishment media, which has soured on Biden's reelection. Uh, chances since 
the deadly Afghan withdrawal. The primary challenge, the Atlantic writer says, would be based on providing Democrats with the choice and freedom to vote for someone other than the oldest president in history, the guy well over the the guy that well over half of you in the Democratic Party do not wish to run. There you go. Well, you, you know, knew, it, I mean, you knew it was going to you knew it was going to start. And I really believe that it's starting after uh, after uh, uh, because of the uh, the the response to um, uh, East Palestine. And I, I really yeah, do. But you, right, you could see yeah, it in the media, yeah. the media going crazy over the weekend. You know, that's one of the top questions I have. Why isn't the president there? Why isn't the president there? Why isn't the president there? And because they look at this and we're talking strictly the politics of it. And the politics of it is Trump went, they're furious. The media is furious. Trump went before anybody from the Biden administration. And then Joe just isn't going to go. No, not going to go. Not going to go. Not going to go. I'm not going to go. And you look at it, and as we stated, by the way, that this would be how they would view it. That you have big business... A chemical spill, uh, the big corporation doesn't yeah. care yeah. about the average rural voter out there and has been brought up uh, by the report, by, by uh, oh, I can't think of the, what's his name from ABC brought it up the other day. I just can't, it just popped out of my mind his name. But he brought it up. He said, we're losing the cult. Moran? Yeah, Terry Moran. Mm-hmm. We're losing the, the culture wars. They're losing the culture wars. And here you have something that's made for Democrats, destroying the environment by a large corporation. Yeah. And there seemed to be no self-awareness. This is the one that you jump on. Yeah, right. No, I mean, and, this and, is this was, as we've been saying early on, this is right out of the playbook. How do you not jump? How do you not get there yep. before everybody else? And this cape on, and this is all a political comment, not on right. what we're going to eventually find or not find. Right, right. from the the we're the, talking the response and the, and right. the political response, right? And they look at it and they say, "My God, he can't even play the liberal playbook the way it's supposed to be played." Right, and he's not, you know, he he's only going to get worse, and he's got this stubborn streak where if he doesn't want to do anything, if you tell him to do something, he's not going to do it. You can see it in the bitterness when he says, "They told me not to say anything." They told me not to say anything. He wants to say stuff. Yeah. Oh, the funny thing is the inter- interview the other day, I think uh, maybe I was listening with it with you mm. where he was talking about the fact of he was asked uh, in the uh, the interview from ABC. He was asked about the uh, uh, the classified materials. Yeah. And he said, no, I, I've been told not to talk about that by counsel. And then he started talking about it. Well, it, it, he starts saying, well, well, I mean, I heard some of the stuff was like from uh, the Senate in 74. Well, you're not you said you didn't you couldn't talk about it. And they started talking about it. Now, it's stuff we already know. But yeah. he started talking about it anyway. He hates the fact that somebody is telling him president of the United States. He can't talk about stuff. Right. So I think that I think for a lot of Democrats, the point where they said, oh, God, no was his complete lack of response 
or self-awareness that this is something that we can use to our political advantage. Yeah. And he didn't do it. And he doesn't seem to want to do it or have any caring to do it at all. And I think that's why you're seeing you're and you may see more of a turn here, the more that he delays running. And then the other thing is for really since the beginning of the year, since he said, well, I'll make a decision over the Christmas vacation, and you hear about it soon, and the people expected it in January, then it was announced February, then it wasn't announced he was going to move it back to March, now it's back to April. But every single day, when you think that one scandal or one uh, political disaster is ended, something else just shows up. Right. <laughs> just, no, I mean, that's and, it. And, that's and, it. And, and this, like I said, we had, you had... Um, the uh, you had the uh, classified material yeah. and how they responded to that, and that went on for quite a yeah. you know uh, uh, quite a while. Right. And then you had the balloons, and then you had uh, uh, the uh, East East Palestine, and then now it's now it's uh, uh, COVID and the lab leak theory is one after another after right. another yeah. after another. Yeah. It doesn't end, and it's like well he keeps pushing it back, and they admit it by saying oh. He's went to Ukraine and he is concerned uh, and and he's uh, tackling so many different things. No, he's putting out fires every single day. By the way, you notice how the interest in Ukraine has just died? Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's almost it. I think it, it kind of died before he got on the plane to come home. Well, I think one of the things that I noticed that over the last couple of days, really over the last uh, two or three days, is the number of even liberal media outlets saying, what's the game plan? What's victory? What is yeah, victory? Right. And could this thing go on? And he was even asked by ABC, what's it going to be a year from now? I have no idea. It's not what the American public wants to hear. We brought you the polling that showed the public, the majority of the public, uh, in favor of the money that we spent last year, which they said was only $27 billion. We know it was like $76 billion, the full cost of it. Right. But the majority of Americans don't want to spend that $27 billion this year. Well, we're going to spend way over $27 billion. If, if we continue to support or do what needs to be done to prop up that government, you're talking about $100 billion or more. And Americans don't want it. Americans are saying, well, what's victory? How are we going to get victory here? Yeah. Even the people that initially support it. We know. Look, we know that the American public... Remember on on um, Afghanistan? Oh, yeah, the American public wants out. And then how we got out, the American public said, well, no, we shouldn't have got out that way. Yeah. And then they yeah. even asked the question, right. well, should we have stayed, when explained to the American public the strategic advantage, advantage of us having the air base, the fact that we were only having one casualty like a year. Yeah. That was right. it. Right. That there wasn't that with massive deaths and we were – and. The majority of Americans afterwards said, this is like the weeks afterwards, said, no, no we should have, yeah, we probably should have stayed. I mean, there is no leadership here. It's like, okay, what does the public think at this particular moment? And that's how they will, that's how they will react. And don't think that Biden wouldn't abandon Ukraine like that. Oh, when yeah. When he sees the yeah. polls go the other way. Well, look, if, I, he'll, if he'll abandon, 
If he'll abandon and lie to the American public about Afghanistan, you think he gives a damn about Ukraine? It's it's like he, he makes a plate of food, right? And he sits down. He's got waffles and bacon. And he sits down. He chooses it. He puts the waffles and bacon on his plate. He sits at the table. And then someone says to him, oh, I hope you enjoy your waffles and bacon. I'm not eating waffles and bacon. You can't tell me, Jack. I mean, he's defiant at every turn, often for the oddest of reasons. This is why this is why I've, I I really am uh, more and more subscribing to the my theory that internally it's chaos because you can't tell him anything. You tell him, Mr. President, you need to go to the train derailment and talk to the people on the ground. You need to assure them. You need to be there. And other members of your administration need to be there right away. Don't tell me where to go. I may be a white guy, but I'm not stupid. (laughs) Well, if you think it was a smart move to ignore the people of East Palestine, you are stupid. You know, you you see uh, DeSantis in his new book, uh, you know, saying that uh, uh, Florida is the citadel of freedom. He's reasoning, he's really using, this is what Florida, he is saying, this Florida is mm. how I believe the United States should be. And, you know, you no, talk. He said and, it yesterday. Yeah. Right. And and so when you, when you look at, when you look at, uh, uh, he's using Florida as an example, saying, this is what we've done as governor and I leading the state has done as governor. And this is way we believe it. And everything that you bring up when you talk about, well, no, sexualized content, uh, when you talk about taxes, when you talk about the freedom to do things, and that which with just the natural image of Florida to begin with. Right. Wow, they're doing it in the places where there's beaches and palm trees yeah. and everything No, else. he said he's got, in promoting a um, uh, an appearance on uh, Mark Levin's show, he's, which is, I think, the full thing is going to come out today, uh, but there was a, a short clip yesterday that he put up, and he called it. It's interesting. I almost texted you. Um, because you talked about the DeSantis model after the election. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said, uh, great to join my friend, the great one, Mark Levin. Uh, looking forward to sharing the Florida blueprint for America's revival tomorrow. And, and that's in, and he had Florida blueprint for America. Mm-hmm. He used caps there because that's a, that's a plan that essentially, you know, that he's, that he's promoting, that he's launching through the book and, and, and likely through a, a future campaign. And I think he views that as the campaign, but not only that, but I think he's also looking forward and saying if Newsom runs. Yeah. Because AOC is not a viable ca- Sorry to this guy in the Atlanta. No, it's a great point. A- a- yeah. a- AOC is not a viable candidate. Right. Harris uh, isn't a viable candidate. I don't see Whitmer as a viable candidate right. for president of the United States either. Right, right. I think the only person they have is Newsom, and he's already starting that – I'm going to we're going to make this if Newsom runs. It's going to be do you want to be Florida? You want to be California? Yep. And it's a great thing to be uh, make uh, as the all the news for Newsom has been bad when you see the state, you know, deficit Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. uh, that's coming Mm -hmm. that he underestimated by another seven billion dollars. Right. And so I think that's what he's doing. He's preparing, saying this is how we get victory. Would you rather be Florida? Would you rather be California? Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. 
Chell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. So it's going to be really uh, interesting. I mean, just, just the, the, the questions uh, coming up. You think about the, the next couple of months. Uh, first off, in fact, we'll have the, the latest polling on uh, Hunter Biden. You see, you see that polling? Like 73% of Americans believe he did something wrong, which means it leads right to his father. Because yeah. that's the whole right. point. Exactly. Hunter Biden only leads to his father. It's not, nothing is about Hunter Biden. And so the Republicans are going to be all over that. Uh, the whole gain-of-function research now has just been blown open yeah. for Republicans right, now. Right, You know, Fauci, you know, Fauci testifying uh, about uh, the and, – and then – and now, because this has come out, the Republicans in Congress wanting all the information about it, where the money, you know, from the – you know, uh, went uh, that was allocated to the NIH that went to the, uh, the Wuhan lab. It's all going to blow up now. Yep. It's it's all it's all going to come out the Chinese balloon, you know, because they just expect that to go away. That doesn't go away. No, because there's an no. investigation as to wh- why do we shoot down? What, what do we sh- you're saying? We haven't changed the radar when the, when <sighs> Martha Raddatz asks ask the question, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah, no, that's the thing is that and it's also still in pop culture. Uh, there were a few jokes about it on SNL over the weekend. I saw some clips yesterday and i thought okay if it's still floating in pop culture then it's not over if martha raddatz still asking questions about it it's not over and those are the things look there used to be the bubble of today where they could get into something something happens and then they could get out of it because something else happened but with biden all of the things on his plate are so huge, they're not going away. And the reason, one of the biggest reasons they're not is because the Biden administration is not giving the liberal media, who is willing to assist them, they're not giving them anything to work with. Think right. about this. In the past, look, blah, 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 blah. And then they run to the Washington Post and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just write it the way they said it. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. See? that uh It's over. Now it's like, uh, what? You haven't answered the question. Give us something to right. work with. Right. But they're defiant at every step. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Now, this is fun. This is really fun. All right. A Pennsylvania school district may incorporate feelings into the math curriculum. Littlestown Area School District proposed an elementary math curriculum that could integrate social-emotional learning into its curriculum. This board needs to decide if they want to make social and emotional learning a part of our math curriculum. 
I did. I mean, I, I, they did when I was growing up. I remember because I remember, I remember the kids in uh, in school talking about it. Sex is the only thing in which one and one equals three. No. So we didn't have that talk in my school. <laughs> not well, not until third grade. <laughs> oh, you went to school in Florida. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, in New York, <laughs> California. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> the board needs to decide if they want to make social and emotional learning a part of our math curriculum. I do not believe it belongs in the math classes. How do you feel about one and one? So let's just look at the number two. <laughs> number two can have bad connotations. Johnny, what do you think of number two? I don't like it. Stinks. Why? Because the question inevitably is going to be, well, how do you feel about it? I don't feel like talking about it. <laughs> We're going to introduce psychology to math? Eh. I feel like you're wrong for giving me an F. I feel like I got an A. I wrote a bunch of numbers down on the page. That's what you wanted me to do. It may not look right to you, but that's the new math. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Nate Bargatze talks about that in one bit. Uh, What was the common core math? And and he talks about it. he goes you know it's like you answer your front door and it's like hey all right uh, you, can, can I come in yeah you can but you got to go around the house and then jump the fence and then come through the backyard come through the back door and then arrive at the same place that's just the way it goes you know these are if if you're gonna introduce feelings expect kids to have fun with it they're going to manipulate you back oh yeah. Eric, how do you feel about this? Like not talking about it. Some of the questions inside the math workbook ask, are you understanding how other people feel? This is in math class. We're going to psychoanalyze everything. And she writes, this one board member says, what does that have to do with teaching math? Right. I mean, according to the global nonprofit called Committee for Children, Mm -hmm. social-emotional learning is an educational method that aims to help people develop the self-awareness, self-control, and interpersonal skills that are needed for everyday life. Uh, uh, board member Nikki Kenny said, this is just repackaged critical race theory is what it is. <laughs> one, for example, one white person minus one white person equals what? Zero white persons, a better world. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a train leaves a station at 
2.56 p.m. heading east, another train leaves another station at 2.51 p.m. heading west. Why is that racist? How many racists are on each train? <laughs> the, <laughs> the Reveal Math program explores mathematics through a flexible lesson design. Oh, my God. Oh, man, I sure needed one of those. A program overview reads uh, for kindergarten through fifth graders. Hmm. Furthermore, it reads that the program will provide access to rigorous instruction with embedded teacher support, which includes lesson models and routines, social-emotional learning. Oh, my God. Social-emotional learning. Language and English learner supports and fluency. I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I no, and and that's part of the plan. So they start introducing this psychobabble, basically into the curriculum, and start talking, and then hope that at the if you even show up at the. Uh, the do they even have PTA anymore? Parent teachers <laughs> meetings that you just get so bored you go oh well that sounded great you all sound very smart um, I don't mind leaving my children in your hands I'm going to go home now and go to bed. Well, you know something I, I think that the, this uh, when you think about it the uh, the wokeness in schools is probably going to be I I think since the discussion has happened like for charter schools and alternative forms of education and getting rid of the teachers' union monopoly yeah. and, and public schools, this will be, I believe this has the potential to be the greatest mover and shaker of that system of anything because probably 95% of the parents don't agree with it. Right. And it crosses every ethnic line social yeah. economic line yeah. yeah and it and they just they believe that they're going to win by doing this and they're not when you have there's a big news in New York you know for Hokel for as nuts as she is on spending and natural gas and everything else mm-hmm. she's behind charter schools And more and more, what I wonder is, at the state level, are there a few Democrats out there that are learning something that you can't go to war with the parents, that when the parents want better education for their kids and they want to be and have a primary role in their kids' education and they know full well that they do have a place in the classroom, much unlike what Eric Swalwell's been saying lately <laughs> that you have to change what you're doing as policy. And I think those are the things you have to ask. Now, I don't expect a Governor Newsom in California to act that way. But you do have to ask, look, when McAuliffe, you know, kids or parents don't have a place in their kids' classroom. 
Swalwell, that kind of thinking, they believe they're winning against the right. They believe they're battling the right. They believe they're battling people like Governor DeSantis of Florida, and they're not. They're, they're going not. to war with the parents. parents. Yep. And once you learn that, you understand full well, you're not going to win. Now, I'm sure Governor Holcomb would want charter schools to be even more of a leftist brainwashing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, I, I really wish, because I, <clears throat> I saw that somebody I know asked her a question about uh, natural gas. I mm. used to work with the, the guy, I, and I saw uh, on Twitter that he had asked her a question. Yeah. But I just went, and I saw her answer, and I went, why can't there just be one, you know, we, we talk about diversity in the media where are the engineers? Right. You get a you get an actual science reporter to talk about the engineering aspects of what, for example, Hochul and I saw her up there talking about climate change, and I'm like, she's reading talking points. Yeah, she knows nothing about engineering. Right. Nothing. Nothing. She knows nothing about science. No. If you were a if you were a science reporter. And you started questioning her. She wouldn't know how to answer. Right. You could embarrass every one of these people on the left, not from a political standpoint, from a scientific viewpoint, where you where people could go, they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They don't understand engineering. Right. You know, you go in and you say, you know, you go in as as uh, I would say, you know, you, you the uh, the the grid operator on the East Coast. That said, you know, we're going to have, you know, we're we're going to we're going to lose this amount of of uh, uh, of megawatts in this amount of time. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to lose this amount of megawatts. The most optimistic of what the projections are from the actual states mm-hmm. is this, which is less than half. We mm-hmm. can't make it up, mm-hmm. but because of electric vehicles and what you want to use, we need this amount. How can we run our society if we have in? Uh, uh, seven years, this type of deficit. Can you answer that for me? Right. Because that's a critical question because people, their homes would be blacked out. Could you explain? And she right. would have no clue. No. I'll have to give no. you, I'll have to get back to you on it. She wouldn't be able to answer it because you don't know any of this. Right. You don't have a clue. Because it hasn't you're, been thought you're, through. You're, you're blurting out. You're the governor. You're supposed to be protecting the, the, the state and the citizens of the state. And you're throwing off talking points and you have no idea whether they're true or not. Right. The true scientists need to get into the media and start asking these questions of people. If two overnight talk show hosts that have a wonderful day podcast. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it, is it just two of us? <clears throat> How do you feel about that number two, Gary? What are your feelings about when you say the two overnight hosts, what are your feelings about that well, number the, that you use the, there? The two would be the dominant host mm. on this side uh-huh. and the submissive host on your side. Uh. Submissive? Yes. Yeah, so two, if you take one. What are, we, what are we talking about now? <laughs> I got to answer questions when I get home. So... 
<laughs> I'm going to need some answers from you. <laughs> so, the, so the one and what one. What the hell e- was that? So the one and one to equal two doesn't always have to be equal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Submissive. You huh? ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. Back. Incidentally, I want to mention something. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, play it. Go ahead. We Incidentally, I want to mention something. All right. There's a really good late night program. And when I have to work late, two guys, Eric and Gary, they are very good. And it is a damn good show, by the way. Thank you, Mark Levin. Well, since you mentioned him. Yeah. In the last... I was going to say, we mentioned him. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll play a years old recording of him mentioning us. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly. I'm Kerry McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Could you imagine sitting on a board of education today and having to deal with this? We, Yeah, no, I mean, they're going to they're gonna sit and talk about this for days. This would go on, this one subject would go on, you know, forever. And, and I think that it's, that's the intention. I, we said when the you know, situation was going on with uh, the far left and 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 going up against uh, the Florida governor that it wasn't over. You know, the whole teaching sexualized material to five year olds that wasn't going to be over. And and now they're trying to label him as a racist and somebody who doesn't want kids to learn about the history of slavery, which is ludicrous. It's a flat out lie. But you look at all of the efforts when it comes to education by the far left. They're looking to gain every piece of control that they can. The ultimate goal is to, and they've been saying it. There was a viral video of of, uh, of one teacher, uh, you know, at a at a meeting saying, "These parents don't have a master's degree. I have a master's degree." <laughs> oh. And, but that's how some, not all, that's how some of them think. And when it comes to, to the the uh, the political field, we already know. We mentioned Eric Swalwell, McAuliffe, and others who believe parents don't have a role in their child's education. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. And thank you, as always. 
Uh, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. I'm sorry. I just have to keep that's. By the way, Biden said that yesterday, just so you know. It's a quote from the current president of the United States. Right. My intelligence or lack of intelligence has nothing to do with my skin color. Right. You notice I covered all bases there. Well, my mother says stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. I got you an ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. I mean... Biden's mother, the flying nun. <laughs> what if anybody gets the reference? Uh, all right. Sally Fields. Yes, yes, that's, that's, yes, yes. Very good. That's it. Mrs. Yeah. Gump. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm not a stupid president. <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I know what a weather balloon is. <laughs> And there were some people suffering after the train derailment, and I went to help those people. The president never showed. I mean, that would be, if you're going to do an update, it would all have to be during the Biden years, wouldn't it? Right. <laughs> president Gump. <laughs> and then after the Corvette ride, we looked in some boxes. There were documents in those boxes. Life is like a box of files. Mama always said life is like a box of classified documents. You never know. You never know where you're going to find them. At Joe Biden's house. Then we had ice cream. He had Rocky Road. Ice cream. Ice cream, Mr. President. The whole thing would have to be oh my God. during the oh. Biden years. I, have, I want everybody to know this was not planned. No. It's completely ad lib. It's it was just, just this was <laughs> this was not a bit. We I get that occasionally. Do you guys like write those bits? What bits? <laughs> there, are, there are no bits. <laughs> it's, oh Can I go home now? I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Not, I nothing we can do the rest of the show can beat that. I'm sorry. I don't know what kind of hunter he was. <laughs> some people hunt deer. Some hunt ducks. <laughs> I mean, it would all have to be during the Biden presidency. You got the sequel written for you. And, and remember... <laughs> Gump was in China playing ping pong. Right. <laughs> While we were playing ping pong, the president and his son went off to do some business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It oh. seriously would all. all. Oh they gave that man, Hunter, a check, a big fat <laughs> check. It was raining money. It was a white. Mama told me it, 
It was just a little white lie. <laughs> just a little white lie. It was <laughs> it was raining dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I gave my Bubba brother his <laughs> share. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lieutenant Diane smoked a pipe, but Hunter smoked a different kind of pipe. It's a strange looking tobacco. I don't know if I can go on. Seriously. It would be. <laughs> it oh, would man. be a great movie. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about the music are, of today. We are doing a professional radio show, as far right? As, I mean, that's that's as far as we know, we're still on the air. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? It was, it was at Discovery <laughs> when we just started out at the 3 o'clock hour. The discovery that... Oh, no, what he what he said, he sounded just like Forrest Gump, and it went on from that point. <laughs> I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <sighs> and then the president touched her on her buttocks. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh yeah it's okay it's written so just make it happen oh my i don't even know i don't know where to go <laughs> I don't, not, nothing we do can beat that yeah. <laughs> good just, night folks drive safely put, put the last seven minutes on a loop there we go and we'll just go home drive safely folks mm. <laughs> since you mentioned hunter <laughs> Speaking of Hunter, <laughs> a new poll published. <clears throat> All right. All right. <laughs> I, I'm, I just, I, I put my head, I put my hands yeah, out back to work. and I just went like, okay, we're now, done. We have to, back to work. We have to get, this is a serious political and economic <laughs> show here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes we do have the best job in the world. We really yep. do, you know. Yep. It's like <laughs> it uh it does right itself, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you you can actually you can you can write us today and say, You guys actually get paid for that? Yeah. And we'll say yes. As far as we know. Wow. It's like I think the checks are clearing, yeah. Where's the work involved? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> We're writing a movie script. I don't know what you people are listening for, but uh, see, Joe Rogan doesn't have this much fun on his podcast. <laughs> he's 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 trying to figure out what Eric Weinstein is saying. <laughs> Did you see that? I just saw the clip what, on YouTube. What what just happened in that two hours? Oh my god! What was what? If you've never seen it, Eric Weinstein is the the professor that remember the Evergreen University. Yeah, yeah. Where he didn't. What are they going to? Was a day that uh, what whites weren't supposed to show or something like that. It was yeah, some kind of stupid right. day. Right. And he's yeah. a liberal. He wouldn't participate. So he ended up leaving the school. He ended up going to Portland, and he's somebody. He's a liberal, and and left Portland. And then he's been on Rogan before. I've seen him. The only times I've seen him on is with uh, Jordan Peterson, and they have great discussions. Yeah, right. But, but I turned on the little clip. It's like a ten minute clip, 
that he was on a couple of weeks ago with Joe Rogan, and nobody could figure out what in the world he, they were talking about UFOs and what else? I, I don't I, know. You, well, you, you couldn't figure out. He was throwing out all these words, and even Rogan couldn't follow. And then and it weapons of war, it weapons was, of war, yes, you know, and and, you and know, UFOs, and it was it didn't seem to come together <clears throat> in one big, you know. No, even Rogan was thought. like, I I don't know where you're going. <laughs> I, yeah, and and he was on alone, so I, I I don't know. I still don't know what started the discussion because I well, and there were some analogies the there that I think even Rogan was concerned about because he stopped and he said i don't understand what you just said what you mean by that and it wasn't like he was you know trying to explain something that uh, joe doesn't have an education and it was an analogy that he was trying to make and and rogan's pretty good at keeping up with some very very smart people i mean it, right. this was just kind of going <clears throat> down some rabbit holes and uh, the comments, the comments were the oh best. Oh my gosh! I, <laughs> I opened YouTube were the best. I opened one of the clips. I opened uh, the the comments, and it was like, um, brilliant in that he talked <laughs> for two hours, and <laughs> still no one knows what he said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of left a lot of people lost. It was weird because uh, what, and now what movie is it from? So have a point. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, that? Was um, uh, planes, trains, automobiles? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, was Steve, that was Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> could you have a point? Hey, if you're going to be on Rogan for two hours, have could you a have point. a point? <laughs> Can you get to it within two hours? Is that too much to ask? No, I mean I I'm always fascinated on, on what you know uh, physicists think and 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 what they believe in in terms of you know uh, the like the tic-tac ufos and all that stuff and, mm-hmm. and what their thoughts are on that and everything else and you know uh there there are i don't know how many different theories but then he introduced some things and then some ana- analogies that were just seem to be going going between ufos and weapons of weapons war, of war and, and, and you and you didn't know it was where like, it was wait going. a minute but i don't <laughs> know the point you're trying to make and the funny thing is i was i started watching then i said i wasn't thinking i just go i'm done i don't know where they're going well, here's and the then thing. you came in that night and you said did you did, see the did, thing? did you yeah. see it i'm like well oh my gosh I, I turned it off early and you started explaining to me he goes it, it never it never went because you turned it off at the right time because I, it still never went anywhere. I don't partake in all of the things that they do on 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 Rogan, but I it left me wondering if somebody somebody had slipped me something. <laughs> yes, I thought, we, am I the one that's high? What is going on here? Even though we do have our this is a uh, over the air radio show, we yeah. still have our podcast but we do not consume alcoholic beverages no, or we don't or smoke weed on the air no i know in the over the last 12 minutes you may have doubted you're, that. Gonna, <laughs> you're gonna argue with us based on the last 12 minutes but it's true we are sober yeah you know i mean the only thing i can say is i forgot to take my thyroid medicine before i left the house that's honestly the only thing going on with me physically in terms of any any uh any drug and and i'm just me <laughs> yeah i've barely touched my coffee uh it's still fairly warm in my insulated cup but i really honestly it's not it, it's um 
But sometimes I do, you know, it's, it's because there are, and, and Peterson, who's really great, I love to hear him talk. Uh, when, when he's on there, or when he talks anywhere. Um, but those long discussions to me are, are great. But, but you, you do have to get to a point. You have to make a point some, at some, mm. some point, and you have to understand that a lot of the people aren't there to, uh, they're not physicists and, and they want to they want to learn something. Well, I uh, need a few minutes to collect myself and then we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back with yeah. the latest with the latest polling out there mm. and the gang of eight to uh, be briefed on all the classified documents mm. that uh, the, the president had, former presidents had. Yeah, but they're going to be briefed on that. And then the latest poll mm. on Hunter that leads right to Joe. Yep. Coming up. Eight, six, six, 90 red eye. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine pre- and post-trip tire inspections and pay special attention to inflation. Tires with too little air will wear prematurely and create more resistance, which can result in increased fuel consumption, a harsher ride, and ultimately lead to a blowout. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages for heavy trucks. Get a quote in as little as five minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. If you drive a big rig, you know that more time on the road means more money in your pocket. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. What? Yes. So I, I, I went out. I got a glass of water just, yeah, just yeah. so because my throat's killing me from just laughing so hard the last 20 minutes. So I come in, yeah. and I'm about to get serious. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get serious and, and yeah. actually you know, do some stories here. Mm. And all of a sudden, I'm just going through real clear politics of different headlines. Yeah. And I don't know why, but just before we went on the air, I, I see this, and I read it to you, and you burst out laughing. <laughs> I start laughing again. And it was just the headline, how will the GOP survive without Paul Ryan? (laughs) There's the comedy right there. You and I just burst out laughing again. It's like everything we do today, for some reason, is just hilariously funny. Well, it's what do you mean, how will the GOP survive without Paul Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it's it's sarcastic. For those that don't know, he's basically saying that, you know, he doesn't plan on attending the convention if Trump is the nominee. Yeah. I'm like. I don't know that anybody will miss you. Well, it's not going to if, you, if that you're you know the, doesn't sway anybody. Well, that's the point is that if if he's looking at getting back in and running again for a different you know for an office, uh, whether it's in the House or Senate or somewhere else, that's one thing. But you know, and I know former Speaker, but honestly. As a voter, if he's not there, I'm not going to miss him. 
I know why he's not there. If he's running and he's not there, okay, now I'll raise an eyebrow. But otherwise, you know, just because he's the former speaker, look, he got out. And when he got out, I look at it as, all right, he got out, he moved on. Trey Gowdy got out, he's moved on to Fox News or whatever he's going to do. When he gets back in, then I'll look for him in places like, you know, because it's different, I think, if you're an ex-president. You show up at a convention and your word's going to carry some more weight. I think with, you know, what was going on, especially with with Ryan when he was speaker. eh. Well, but but that's, you know, we've talked about this before. Republicans are quicker to eat their own, which means, okay. You were there. You're you're there. Thanks. Bye. Right. Uh, and you look at uh, and and that's the question: Will the Republican Party, will the Republican Party do that to Trump? Right. Right. You know. Now right. Trump is still viable in a lot of ways based on the things that he did. Mm-hmm. Which you look at the Democrats reversing and and the situation that it's caused. It's made Trump much uh, more viable. You and I were talking about this uh, because uh, uh, DeSantis is out now on his uh, book tour. Really, I mean, yeah. he's yeah. and he's not. He's, and it was pointed out he's not going to Iowa, New Hampshire. Right. He's going to blue states. Yeah. And and he is. It's obvious what he's doing. He's coming out bluntly, and we talked about this, I believe, a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, he is bluntly saying, "This is the Florida model." Yeah, you know, this is the DeSantis model. Right. This is the Florida model. Right. You want to be Florida. You want to be California. You want to be New York. You want to be Illinois. And it's interesting because now the question's coming up, would it be smart for him to delay? I mean, even into like October or November of next year, mm-hmm. because if he gets in at that point, because at that point you're going to have. Of, of this year. Yeah. <clears throat> what did I say, of next year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of this year. Yeah, yeah this year. don't delay yeah. it to November of next right. year. That I mean, would be a bad idea. Because you still have you still have to prepare and make sure that you're in every state, you know, yeah, yeah. and you've got enough to get in, you know, every state uh, uh, primary. Mm-hmm. But what if he got in really late? I remember Clinton got in really late, would, and it, and, and so Clinton, was it August? I think it, it was, was later. I thought was it was it? September, maybe. Okay, it may have been. Yeah, it was, but it, it was, was it was late. But the the, the uh, points being up being brought up that people get sick of the primaries, and there's burnout on the candidates very very early, and it's like. If you're DeSantis, you sit there and go, hmm, let Trump go at it with everybody else in, in, uh, in uh, I think, the first debates in August. So let Trump deal with that. Let him deal with three or four debates, you know, between uh, August and October or even November. Right. And then, then I'll jump in. Right. And meanwhile, I'll still campaign, but I'll soft campaign. Right. If there's such a thing as soft campaigning for DeSantis. Well, he's got a book. I mean, I guess yeah. you could still go out on the book yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're... Call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. So it's just becoming interesting. You know, the the one thing, uh, I, and it's something that you and I talked about from the very, very beginning. 
You may think that Donald Trump is the greatest thing in the world, or you may think he's the biggest jerk. And then we all know there's a wide variety of opinions. Mm. You probably find very few people that, what do you think about Trump? Eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably not going to find much of that. Mm-hmm. But as we've stated before, and, and I was thinking about this yesterday, and I forgot what I was, somebody was on the left was talking about, you know, how Trump, it's like, Trump was never on the issues. Trump is not radical. No. Trump no. is ab- Trump is absolutely, and if you take even uh, illegal immigration, Trump is completely mainstream to where the Democrats were just seven, eight years ago. If you take the thoughts that he's written about in his book, uh, his books, uh, the one thought we talked about, uh, the the wealth tax, which is where you go to the the, the richest and you take part of their property, what they already have, mm-hmm. what they've you know they've already been taxed on their earnings. But you tax them based on what they have, a one-time deal. And then, of course, he was talked down from that. But then um, he was on Letterman. I want to – I'm trying to think when the last appearance was where he talked about, I think we need to look at a single-player system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those are things that are right out of a Democrat's playbook. This is why for years – when he was on a talk show, Larry King, Donahue, or any talk show, when he was asked, would you ever run for president? And he would say, oh, I don't know. Um, and they would ask, well, quite often they would ask, well, if you did, which party? And the reason is, is because a lot of his ideas were so in the middle and could fit anywhere I mean, a number of things where uh, for years he talked about, oh, look, other nations need to pay their their bill to us, what they owe us and and all that. But you when you heard him speak, you couldn't in that setting, you couldn't necessarily place him in one party or the other. And and if you think of the things that would be perceived as radical, uh, you know, outside the mainstream of normal politics, Number one, it was when he proposed the wealth tax Mm -hmm. in his book that came out like in 99 Mm -hmm. or 2000 when he promoted the wealth tax and had to be talked down from that. And after he had uh, really coined the phrase the swamp, which was based on the fact that the Republicans wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be fiscally conservative enough, you know, going up against the Democrats that when Paul Ryan came in and wouldn't redo the deal that Boehner made. And it was like, we need fiscal responsibility. And then six months later, Trump was talking about the fact that we should uh, borrow tons of money. Yeah. We should borrow trillions of dollars because we can get it at a very low interest rate. And then he was talking about paying 10 cents on a dollar. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, You know, on our debt. It was Mm -hmm. like, those were radical. But those are more leftist radical things when you think about it. Mm -hmm. On the right, Trump hasn't been that radical at all, except for saying, I will actually enforce the law, the border, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, China and trade, things like that, which has been a popular corporate taxes and which he got done. Well, that's that's the one thing that you would view on the right that he got done. That's what I'm but, saying. Yeah. But that's not radical. No, no. Right. I'm talking about I, it's radical. Yeah. Yeah. No, the le- okay. The yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The left. Okay. The border okay. control. All right. All right. They believe no, is no, radical. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. 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 But it, but in the but in the uh, the the mainstream of politics, if you said he wanted to lower what fifteen, 
got, on corporate the corporate was tax it 15 rate? he was trying 15 to get or 18 and he got what 21 got 21 yeah which again was he did that himself yeah that I mean, was he him. did yeah he, that was his he, accomplishment he, he yeah. pushed that uh himself which people never thought he could get done so like i said he's uh you know he 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 goes in and out from the over his his political career which you know i look at his political career really as you get back about 20 years ago when he was talking seriously talking i may run for president then he mm-hmm. put the book out about his ideas and everything else mm-hmm. but he's been in the political arena for the longest time yeah. on very much of the more protectionist philosophies which are viewed as more left yeah maybe right. not now mm-hmm. and with china you know, I, I saw yesterday he's coming out. He's going to come out very strong against China. How we have to learn to run the, you know, run our trade without China. And it's like mm. so that's what we were telling you. Yeah, you know, to keep, you know, get a united front. Don't our our trade enemies are not Canada, right? Our trade enemies are not Europe. Right. You can you can deal with them. You may do a little bit of tariffs back and forth, but you can deal with them. Mm. But the whole point should have been. You lead the free world uh, in a in a uh, group of trading partners, and you shut out China. Right, right. As we advised, you know, back then, it seems as if I know yesterday that's what he was talking about. It seems that that is what he is proposing. We need to find a way to shut out China. And one of his advisors at the time, Cudlow, was saying that you know that's mm. that's how you do right, it. Right, right. And, and he had a mixture of. He had a mixture of left and, and right economists, which made, you know, for very interesting. But Trump, the, the thing that made Trump radical, in my opinion, was the fact that the things that he believed in, he actually was putting his full effort to get past. He changed his mind at times, but those things were really important. And on, and on foreign relations where they thought he would be weak, he was actually particularly strong, and now looking at Biden, he's even more particularly strong. When you make the comparison, By comparison, yeah, you know, to uh, to, uh, to 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 Biden, yeah. And when he took out Soleimani, oh my gosh, you know, because it was yeah. that was to me when it comes to foreign relations, that was not doing what anybody expected. You didn't because remember it was like okay, they're going after you know they're they're going after the ships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going after oil tankers, they're boarding, they're doing this. What do we do? And it was like, okay, you know, the and the, a lot of the consensus, you need to go after, you know, Iran's refineries and this and this, and you need to attack and do that. And he did what nobody expected. He took out one of the terrorist leaders. Yeah. And basically sent the message, we're not going to attack your people or even your infrastructure. We're going to kill you. Right. That is a blunt message that is not used by the United States often, but it was used, I believe, very effectively by Trump. Well, and, and that's it. Um, you know, in terms of uh, our relationship with Iran uh, and, and what they had been doing leading up to that, uh, it was clearly a test on him as they are mm-hmm. willing to test any and all administrations. And that was going to be a very clear message that one move was one of the boldest of of any modern presidents yeah it was and it was targeting one person 
And, you know, when you when you talk about it and you talk about modern warfare, you, the technology that we have where we can target one or a small group of individuals where we can, uh, you know, be more precise um, and and limit any kind of uh, other casualties, unintended casualties. You then look at it, how you use that technology in such a bold way, how you and, and, and with Soleimani, that was one of the things that shut the Iranians down. They after that, they really mm. didn't have anywhere to go because they they knew they knew Trump was willing to take them out. They knew that he was willing to target and Soleimani widely considered to be the guy responsible for those attacks on interest and and uh and and all the shipping issues uh that that happened and, in that and, region and, and killing killing american killing soldiers. a number of of american soldiers yeah. and these are you know these are the things that have to be considered you didn't see any pushback from the international community you saw it from democrats well here at home right they wanted and what was the uh what was the uh the the one meme that was out there where they had a uh, a nameplate for Soleimani sitting next to theirs when they were seated. It was it was fake, but it was a Democrat sitting in a chair, and next to it was Soleimani, and it was an empty chair. I mean, these are you know those are that's to be expected. But our allies, you didn't you didn't hear any pushback. And I I always look back to the uh, after the, uh, the the Pan Am flight was taken down by. Uh, uh, Libyan agents, mm-hmm. and then you had the German disco bombing, which they also yeah. related back to uh, Libya. Right. And uh, Reagan went after uh, Gaddafi. Gaddafi, missed mm-hmm. him, right. but went after him, yeah. and all of a sudden we had no problem because it was like we're targeting you. Right. And after that, it seemed like things died down even in in Libya at mm-hmm. that at that point. And I hadn't seen anything like you know used that directly, right. you know, since Reagan did it, and right. and so. Uh, you know, you can say what you want about his personality. You can say, you know, and we've talked about, you know, he, again, it was not an insurrection. It was a riot on January 6th. Right. He didn't authorize it. There are no direct links back to him. The January 6th committee, you know, was making stuff up as they go along, which is why Lynn Cheney lost any sort of, you know, semblance of credibility with, uh, with Republicans because there was no, uh, you know, uh, a tie in. Did he, act wrong that day when he gave his first statement absolutely that was the wrong thing and he to, knows that uh, to he do. knew that on that day because he issued a second statement the second statement the second statement was a statement he should have put out but the first but the first concern but, first and foremost and biggest concern was then and still should be today and the question is where was security on that day yeah and we've yeah and we hope the republicans look into that right uh, quite passionately, because it should have never happened. The security should have been there. Uh, we've had demonstrations and things like that that have been a lot bigger. Right. Uh, and it's like security failed that day big time. And everybody knows it. Yep. Everybody knows that security right. uh, failed and that should be looked into. But just when we're talking about on the issues, not what you think about his personality or his gruffness or his insensitivity, whatever, but you look at where he stood on the issues, he's pretty mainstream. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't mainstream, a lot of the things that he was viewed as not being, uh, you know, maybe more left on, 
it would that would have been the outside of the mainstream like the wealth tax and things like that mm-hmm. and things that he couldn't do to begin with on you know on the uh, right you know right. ten cents on a dollar for the debt right that means he had to be told no that you can't do that right and here's so, why you can't do you know, it. number one you can't do it because the constitution doesn't allow you to do mm-hmm. it uh, and but uh, the effect of it the even if the constitution allowed right. the effect of it would be devastating right. but he's not he's not a radical right winger at all no, no unless you count enforcing the borders that all democrats wanted until uh, a decade ago mm-hmm. unless you call that radical right wing right which they attempted to do you know right. it's racist it's right. whatever mm-hmm. The majority of the public doesn't agree with them on that, but on the issues, he's not a radical. Right. That's probably part of the you know the frustration we had with him when he was president. Is and remember the Wall Street Journal writing during the campaign? Why isn't he talking about his accomplishments? Right. He's going down every rabbit hole. Communicate effectively on these five or six things that you did great that the American public needs to be reminded on. Right. Keep reminding them exactly. over and over again. Right. He just wouldn't do it. Right. And it got to be frustrating that the way that he could not communicate his own what what we thought were major successes. Yeah. And he just right. refused to do it. But yeah. uh, it will be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see when uh, DeSantis decides to get in or not and how he how he frames the argument against Trump and what Trump does again. Now, if if it's any indication where what we've seen so far about Trump going after DeSantis, it's been pretty poor so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's been effective in the slightest. Right. You're going to have to differentiate yourself on the issues. I don't believe you can use the same thing that you used against Hillary or Ted Cruz or anybody else on DeSantis. I don't think it sticks. Right. Well, his best shot against DeSantis is to demonstrate I have the experience as president and I have these accomplishments to do mm-hmm. exactly what the Wall Street Journal editorial board said he yeah. should do. Eight six six ninety red eye Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, there it is, a gang of eight. Uh, the congressional leaders will be briefed on all the classified documents. All right. That Biden had, Trump had, yeah. and Mike Pence had. All right. So hmm. that is going to happen today. Okay. The gang of eight will uh, will know it uh, at that point. Okay. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm anxious to learn as much as we can learn as soon as we can learn it. I don't know how much of that we're gonna we're gonna hear about, but that will be interesting. You know, Biden said two days ago, "Well, there's no top secret things that I had, like not uh-huh. to my recollection." Uh-huh. Yeah, there is. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.